1: Loki and Mobius are on the trail of the rogue variant. They just need to find the right apocalypse first. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that fears nothing more than the evil that is known as halitosis. I'm your host, most people call me Steven, but hey, just for today... I'm going to let you call me Francine. So yeah, yesterday saw the release of Episode 2 of Loki, and no surprises here, folks. I want to talk about it. But first, did you know that I've wrapped up Season 1 of Event or Else? That's right! Go to youtube.eventorelse.com and you can watch all 12 episodes of Season 1, where I go through each and every issue of Marvel Super Heroes Secret Wars. And hey, if you're not into the whole video thing, that ain't no problem. I have an audio version as well that you can get on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, Stitcher. Heck, you can even get it on Amazon Music and Audible. So yeah, get on out there and get that season binged already. What are you waiting for? Except, of course, for this episode to be over. All right. All right. I'll get on with it so you can get out there and be one with the event or else. Loki Episode 2 is entitled The Variant. It was written by Alyssa Karasik, directed by Kate Heron, and Wikipedia describes it thusly. Loki joins a TVA mission following an ambush by the fugitive variant of Loki in 1985 in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. He wants assurance that the TVA will let him meet the timekeepers instead of disintegrating him, but Agent Mobius figures out that he's stalling. Back at the TVA headquarters, Mobius convinces Renslayer to give Loki another chance. After research, Loki proposes that the variant is hiding in space-time near apocalyptic events like Asgard's Ragnarok, where the impending destruction means that their actions cannot change the timeline, thus concealing them from the TVA. Loki and Mobius confirm this possibility by visiting Pompeii in 79 AD. The duo then figure out that the variant is at a hurricane in Alabama in 2050. Loki, Mobius, and TVA agents travel there. The variant ambushes them using body possession to control TVA's hunter B-15 and other locals. The variant rejects Loki's offer for them to work together to overthrow the TVA's timekeepers. The variant self-reveals as a female version of Loki. She executes her scheme, teleporting the TVA reset charges she stole to various locations in space-time, thus creating many new timeline branches. She teleports into a timeline, and Loki follows her. So yeah, in a nutshell, that was the episode, but there is so much more to it. Let me grab my notes. So yeah, when we open the episode, we're in 1985, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, at a Renaissance fair. A team of TVA agents come out of a portal. They are tracking a discrepancy. It takes them into a tent where they learn very quickly. They realize, they come to the realization that it is a trap. That trap has been set by the variant Loki who we do learn later in the episode, is a female version who is played by Sophia DiMartino. But the whole time, up until that point, of course, we don't see who this variant is. And I'm making notes and I'm like, it's got to be the female Loki. They're making a really big deal here out of the fact that we can't see who it is. They've mentioned, they've already revealed the, the... the big reveal has been made that it is a variant Loki. So why are we not seeing this variant Loki? And it's got to be because it's a variant that doesn't look like Loki. In the comics, you had Loki as a little boy. You had old man Loki. You've had a female Loki. I figured it's got to be one of those three. I was hoping for the female Loki. And sure enough, that's what we got. Anyway, she has this power where she's able to possess people by touching them. It's a uh, it's apparently a power that our Loki or at least this variant Loki that is the quote unquote hero of the show doesn't have or at least he finds it beneath him to use he does make a comment on it later in the episode and he he comments as if it's beneath him and it might either be that it is beneath him or he just can't do it and he's using that as an excuse but she touches one of the TVA agents possesses this agent The agent starts taking out other agents, and the variant Loki helps here and there, killing these agents. And then she does what she hasn't done yet, which is take this—the first agent that she possessed, she takes this agent as a hostage, opening up a portal. We actually get to see the little control pad that they use to open these portals, and it's really kind of neat. I really like how the TVA has this. I mean, it's it's really— technology that is above and beyond our own because they can travel through space and time and all that stuff. But at the same time, it's also very antiquated, very, a lot of it is very clockwork and not digital. And then the electronic stuff is very, you know, like a black screen with the green, like a CRT basically is is what I'm trying to say. Anyway, you see on this pad, the various controls that she now has holding this pad. And there is a, one of them, is to open a, a portal, and that's what she does, and she drags this um, agent along with her. We then go back to the TVA, and we see Loki sitting at Mobius's desk. He's got his feet kicked up on the desk. He is reading a jet ski magazine and a hologram-type projection of Ms. Minute, or Miss Minutes, now I can't remember her name. The, the little animated clock lady is basically taking him through some training. And one of the things we learn here is that if we, we saw in the last episode as the TVA agents were in an alternate timeline and they were resetting things, they had to do it before the red line reached peak, whatever that was. And we find out that if that happens, it creates a timeline that is, well, that can't be, they can't get rid of it. They can't prune it. It's a stable timeline and they, they don't want to do that. Loki at one point asks Ms. Minutes, if she is a recording or if she is really there, I think what he asks is, are you alive or are you a recording? And she goes, oh, kind of both. And so he rolls up the magazine and, start, and starts trying to swatter with it. And she gets really angry and she jumps into the computer, which is like a little ancient computer terminal there on his on his desk. Well, you find out that this magazine was Mobius's magazine. He's really into jet skis. He is... He he. at one point, he's talking about jet skis like they are just this magical thing and how in the 1990s, this this, you know, this wonderful thing was created. And that was the jet ski, this perfection of art and mechanics and and all this stuff. And it it was kind of funny. One of the YouTube videos I watched after watching this episode, I think it was heavy spoilers. He says he he well, he informs me that the comic character of Mobius M Mobius or whatever his full name is. He was, his first appearance was in the nineties. So that might have just been a callback to the nineties. Anyway, he, Mobius gathers up Loki and he says, we, we have, uh, you know, the variant did it again and, and we have to go investigate. And he, he gives him this jacket that's wrapped up in plastic and it's like an FBI agent's jacket, you know, one of those windbreakers that say FBI across the back of it and has like the, the FBI seal on the, on the front. But this one has the, the TVA logo on the front and on the back in big, bold letters that says Variant. So everybody knows that Loki is a variant. And just in case, he he says at one point, just in case the Loki that they're after looks like their Loki, this is a a good way to tell them apart. And that's when we kind of get more hints that this variant Loki is not going to look like our Loki. And they actually show these holographic projections of other Lokis in other... Timelines that they have pruned, and we had one that I thought was a I thought was a soccer star, but turned out or a football star. Turned out they that was a, a Tour de France Loki, a Tour de France winning Loki, clutching a, a the trophy of the Tour de France. We also see a Hulk Loki and a Viking Loki, and. A Loki that I, I don't know what they were like the Mandarin basically. I don't know what that Loki was supposed to be. Um, Samurai Loki maybe. I don't know, but they go back to 1985 in Oshkosh and they're there right after the variant killed the agents. Uh, you know, the, the rogue variant killed the agents and stole away with one of the, one of the agents. And that's when Loki starts telling. Mobius and the other agents just he just starts filling them full of a bunch of hogwash basically about how he he knows how those loki ticks and and all this stuff and basically he's just he's stalling them they're in the tent he's telling them don't leave the tent this is a this is a trap the the rogue variants outside waiting for us the moment we go outside they're going to strike and kill us all and during this he's trying to get assurances from Mobius. Because when when Mobius grabs him up and says, come on, we're we're going on this case, Loki makes mention of, well, once I'm no longer within the, the TVA headquarters, my magic is going to work, right? Like, well, yeah. And well, what's what's going to stop me from running away? And he says, well, the possibility of meeting the timekeepers. And Loki really likes this idea. I mean, Mobius tells him, well, first of all, you know, we're going to catch you again because we've caught you before. Secondly, if if you do well, you might get the opportunity to meet the timekeepers. And Loki, like I said, he's he's really hip on the He really wants to meet the timekeepers. And during this moment in the tent when he's trying to stall them, he tells them, he tells Mobius that he, just based on what he's seeing here, he can help them. He knows who the variant is. He knows who the rogue variant is. He can help them catch this rogue variant. But he needs assurances first. He needs to know that the moment they catch this rogue variant— they're not going to just disintegrate him out of existence. Um, he wants, he wants to stay around and maybe work for the TVA. He, he even says at one point that, you know, he wants to stay and work to, to maintain the sacred timeline. And you can tell it's all a bunch of BS. You can just tell there's this whole thing with Loki throughout this entire episode that I don't quite trust. And he is, it's almost like he's trying too hard to make the others not believe him you know, he's trying to be Loki too much. And I think it's all an act because he almost comes across as bumbling and obvious. And I think it's all an act. He mentions at one point to Mobius that he's 10 steps ahead of everybody. And, but again, he says it in a way that he's just posturing and Mobius even kind of counters him with, with something else. And I think it's actually true. I think Loki is 10 steps in front of everybody. He's just, he's playing this role of this guy, this, this evil schemer that they can't trust. He's playing it over the top. So they don't catch on to what he's actually doing. That's what I think is going on with Loki in this episode. So anyway, of course, they don't catch the rogue variant there in Wisconsin. They go back to the TVA and Renslayer wants to do away with this, with Loki, with, with our Loki. She didn't think he's, he's helping at all. And Mobius is really going to bat for him. And then there's this moment, he's in the office of Renslayer, who seems to be in charge of everything, who seems to be maybe one rung below the timekeepers. And Mobius actually mentions during their meeting that he's never met the timekeepers. And I find that really quite odd and very suspicious. I don't think that the timekeepers are not real, but I think maybe that they no longer, that, that they're no longer alive or maybe, I don't know, my theory at this point is that Kang is the big bad. Kang is our Mephisto. Basically, you know, everybody thought Mephisto was the big bad in WandaVision. I'm thinking that Kang is the big bad here in Loki. However, I don't think we're going to see him in this show at all. I think Renslayer is, is. Uh, I think Kang is working through Renslayer. So Renslayer, in the end, she's going to be the big bad. She's going to be, it's, it's going to be Renslayer all along is, is what we're going to find out. But I think that Whatever she's doing, whatever scheme she has, what, you know, whatever reason she has behind, um, whatever it is she's doing. Cause I don't know what it is at this point. I just find it. I find her highly suspicious. And I feel like the timekeepers at this point don't even exist anymore. Um, because I find it very odd that Mobius has never met them. Anyway, Renslayer agrees to keep using Loki. And so Mobius puts him to work. He wants him to start going over all the case files and you know re- reading all the reports just to to come up with a theory and ideas of ways to catch the rogue variant and he, he takes him to basically this this library and while he's there he goes up to the librarian and he asks to have um to look at all the files uh about the timekeepers and how the tva was created and she says that's classified and he goes OK, well, let me look at all the files about the beginning of time. And she goes, those, those are classified. And he goes How about the end of time. And she goes, those are classified. He goes, well, what can I look at? And she provides him with all the files on him. And so he starts looking through him and he comes across the file that deals with Ragnarok, which is not in his future because he's no longer the Loki that was in the MCU. You know, he's a variant of the Loki that's in the MCU. But in that Loki's future, there is the whole Ragnarok that we see in Thor Ragnarok. And it does affect Loki a bit. He gets to, he gets teary eyed, but then it also gets his gears working and he comes up with an idea and he goes to Mobius and basically explains to him, because as he's looking through the file of, of Ragnarok, it's an apocalyptic event. And one thing stands out to him and, it, and it's basically the phrase that no, no variant evidence is detected, something like that. There's no evidence of any variant, uh, presence. Or manipulation, or or anything out of the ordinary. So he goes to Mobius and interrupts his lunch, and he tells him his theory, which is basically that the rogue variant is hiding in an apocalyptic event, looping herself. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna use that pronoun because we know it's a woman at this point. I mean, we don't know it at this point in the show, but if we've seen the the entire episode, we know it's a woman. Anyway, she is hiding within an apocalyptic event, jumping out before the apocalyptic event happens. And just basically hiding there during the days leading up to that. Because his theory is, because an apocalyptic event is going to wipe out everybody, whether it's on an island or a city or the entire world, whatever you do in the days leading up to that apocalyptic event, if it's not something that's supposed to happen, you can still do it. And it's not going to be recorded as a variant event because everybody gets wiped out anyway. And so he convinces Mobius to take him to an apocalyptic event. And so they go to 79 AD Pompeii where the volcano erupts and kills everybody on the Island of Pompeii. And Loki starts, he lets a bunch of goats out of a, out of a cart and he's, he's speaking uh, Italian to everybody and letting them know that they're all going to die, that the, the uh, volcano is going to explode and all this stuff. And the whole time Mobius is watching his pad to see if there's any evidence of variant activity and nothing. There's nothing because the volcano explodes, kills everybody in Pompeii. No one's around to remember that Loki was there. There's no evidence that that happened. So that, so now they got to come up with, okay, so, so they know that this, this female version of Loki, this variant rogue variant is hiding in a, in an apocalyptic event. They just have to figure out which one, because there are so many of them. Well, Mobius has an idea to help narrow it down, and he uses that package of candy that she had given to that boy in France in the first episode—the kablooey gum or candy or whatever it is—and so he looks up the information on that, and it was only manufactured for a certain time frame, and they use that time frame and where the the gum and or the candy or whatever it is as it was sold, and they try to cross reference that with apocalyptic events and they find something that happened in alabama well for us will happen in alabama in the year 2050 um they localize it to a superstore owned by something called rocks cart it's basically it's like a super walmart but much 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 bigger they they kind of describe i don't know i actually can't remember how they describe the scope of it but in my mind i'm picturing like almost a city that's just a big superstore and so mobius and Loki and a team of agents go to 2050, Alabama, and they end up finding the rogue variant. And she possesses a bunch of different people. And we learn that at least part of her scheme is she has all these, um, I don't know what they were called, the time charges or whatever that she had been stealing off of the TVA agents. They set these, these bombs off to eliminate any of the variant residue in a, in a time in the sacred timeline and she rigs it up to some kind of system that when the timer goes off, all of them drop through these portals into various different points along the timeline. They explode, and it causes multiple branches uh on the timeline. It basically, it's almost like a, a, a timeline version of a weapon of mass destruction and everybody in the tva is freaking out because they can see this happening as they are monitoring the sacred timeline and loki at one point when he he comes face to face with her um they fight for a bit but they they fight through she she possesses a couple of different people and one is this great big redneck dude and, and the two of them fight for a while and. As they converse, whether it's with her or the people that they're, that she's possessing, she's of course being very mysterious and clever. And at one point he says, now I know why Thor finds me so annoying. And, uh, she sets off this, this cascade of bombs. She escapes through a portal as Mobius and a couple of the agents come running up and they see Loki standing outside of the portal that she jumps through. And Mobius is yelling at him, don't go through that portal. And sure enough, Loki follows after her through the portal. Now, When he encounters her in this store, he makes her an offer. He says, look, I'm not trying to hunt you down. I'm playing these people. I want to take control of the TVA. I want to, you know, I want to be in control of the timeline. Join me and you can be kind of like my second in command. And she's like, nah, I'm not interested. And... I don't know if that's really what he's trying to do. I mean, we have to remember that this is the Loki from the end of the first Avengers movie. So he's not a good guy. He hasn't had that arc yet that he has. He ends up having in the movies. He does kind of he kind of sees uh, the way his life folds out based on what he watched in the time theater in that first episode. But, I, you know, I I'm he's still got some of that bad guy in him. But I don't think his ultimate plan is to take over the TVA. I don't know what he's trying to do. I don't know. I just, I don't trust anybody in this show, basically. The only person I trust is Mobius, and I feel bad for him because I think he truly believes in what he's doing, and he doesn't realize he's working for a group that have ulterior motives. Ulterior? Ulterior? I don't know. Shut up. Anyway, that's one of my theories. I also have kind of a theory about what she's trying to do with these bombs, because again, as I'm watching, I think it was heavy spoilers. He's pointing out, you know, this guy has the time to go through and pause certain frames and and look up a bunch of, I don't want to say he has the time, he has the desire. He has the motivation to do, you know, to look in on all these Easter eggs. And, and he, he looked into where all of these bombs, you know, they, they were showing on the screens where a lot of these bombs were going off. And Based on what he was saying, a lot of it seems to coincide with, uh, what will, something that will happen to Loki or something that Loki will do and, and, and then fail at. And I'm wondering if maybe she is trying to correct or create a bunch of different timelines in which Loki comes out on top. Just a, basically an army of king Lokis from various timelines. That's kind of what I'm thinking that she's trying to do. I don't know. I, I I don't know. Let me look through my notes here. See what else I got before I wrap this up. No, it looks like I touched on everything. So yeah. And so yeah, those were my thoughts on episode two of Loki. I'd love to hear your thoughts and theories. You can send them to me at feedback at justanotherfanboy.com or drop me a line on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Those links will be in the show notes. Now, before I go, I'd love it if you could rate the show. You know, if, wherever you get your show, if, if it allows for that sort of thing, if not, you can always give me a rating over at podchaser.com. I will also have that link in the show notes. And then, of course, if you can just get out there and tell people about the show, word of mouth is like huge for podcasts. There's, there, you you know, if, if, if you want to help bring people to the show, there's two ways you can do it. You can, you can give it a rating. It's. Apparently more important to rate it over on Apple podcasts. If that's where you listen to the show. Um, but anywhere that allows for ratings, whether it's, uh, you like the episode, if you're listening to it by watching the YouTube video, you go over to Podchaser or if, if any of your podcast listening devices, um, has a way for you to like it or rate it, that's, that's a big help. But word of mouth is even bigger. If you know people who like comics, who like movies, who like TV shows, who like all the kind of stuff I talk about, bring them to the podcast. Spread the word, Thunderbird. That's all I'm saying. And hey, one last thing before I go, don't forget to check out Event or Else. The link for that will also be in the show notes. So until next time, folks, this has been my podcast. My name is Francine, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other.
0: Daddy. Good job! <gasps>